Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Warren is a director at Galileo Capital. He's a personal financial advisor and a regular contributor to the Thursday evening edition of The Money Show where we talk personal finance. Tonight, one we've discussed a long, 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 long time ago and inferred and referred to many times since, Warren, and that is whether or not it's better to buy a home or pay rent. Give me the the, the key points on this one because it's quite a contentious and emotive issue and we know that emotions and investing should never inhabit the same space. You're right, Bruce, and and, and I think it, it there's an overlaying kind of additional uh, set of emotions on this one, and 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 that's the sense of security and stability that, that that a lot of us get from you know from owning our own little castle, and and it's very hard to to overestimate the the emotional impact of that that sense of of security, uh, and and so I think just you know to to kick off there. Um, you know, when we all grow up, mo- most of us, our parents, or our grandparents, or you know, our, our broader kind of social circle, will tell us, you know, when you get a job, uh, make sure you set aside some money, and then you know, uh, buy your first home. Don't pay off the landlord's uh, bond. You know, rather pay off your own. Uh, you know, and build up that asset. You know, it's never. Uh, you know, don't don't wait too long and get going. Um, and and for me, that was you know kind of growing up. That was certainly what I heard. And and eventually, you know, I started to test that assumption with real numbers rather than just you know what what everyone tells us. Uh, and and after having uh, kind of you know you know cut up this scenario multiple different ways and 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 cut and dice it as, as many ways as I possibly could, what I realized is I should just listen to my wife. If she says we need to buy a house, I must just do that. And and that means I have a very long and happy marriage, <laughs> but maybe not the best financial financial decision. Okay, uh, but we're talking the, the, purely we're talking purely financial decisions here because the joy of having your own home is you can choose to renovate it if you choose to. You can choose to plant cabbages in the flower beds if you want to. You can choose to let the lawn die if you want to. That's yours. If you have a landlord, you have fewer options. There's fewer there's less, less optionality. But let's just talk numbers here, Warren. So, Let's so talk pure numbers, numbers and help it here. But pure numbers, it, it, to, to me, it makes sense uh, that, that if you find the house that you are going to live in, and 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 I mean, uh, there's no guarantee in life, but 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 knowing everything you know today, if you find the house that you're going to live in for at least an eight-year period or longer, uh, I think it does make sense to buy. And and the reason for that is uh, when you when you buy and sell properties over a shorter period of time than that. What happens is you end up incurring enormous uh, sets of costs. So, so you you pay quite a few costs on the way in because you know most almost the entire world can't buy a house cash, which means you're going to have to get a mortgage. And if you get a mortgage, that means you need to pay uh, you know the attorneys for for registering the mortgage. You're going to need to pay uh, you know the bank for the for the mortgage origination fees, and then you're going to have to start actually incurring the the transaction uh, charges that go along with owning a mortgage. You know the interest rates, all of those things. Then the rates and taxes, uh, you know, are yours now because you own the property. Then the maintenance and all of those things. Uh, and then on the way out, you, you're going to have to, um, you know, at least pay probably around five percent, uh, you know, or, or three to five percent uh, estate agents' fees to sell the property. Uh, there might, you know, there might be some transfer duty somewhere along the line. So, so what you end up with are are, are really quite big costs on on buying and selling a home. 
And doing that over periods of, of, of eight years or less than eight years, um, for, for me, the numbers just don't stack up. And, and I think one thing to understand about the numbers of, uh, around residential property is, you, you know, I've tried to track this uh, from a, from as far back as I can, which which is somewhere around the 1960s. And and in in the, since the 1960s to now, re- residential property tends to grow at about one to two, um, and if you're really lucky, three percent a year above inflation, and and that's before costs. So the moment you take off any kind of you know rates, maintenance, uh, transaction costs. Uh, I'm, I'm going to argue that you, you're at best with residential property over long periods of time. You're just tracking inflation, uh, and and contrast that with the stock market, for example. You just buy the index, and and you're you're even with all the things that have gone on in in the last few uh, years, and you know possibly 15 years in South Africa, you you, you get around 6.8 percent a year above inflation. And it's really cheap to buy an index. You know, it doesn't cost you much to, to go in and it doesn't cost you much to go out and certainly no rates and taxes and maintenance and all of, the, all of those things to hold an index. So, you know, if you contrast just buying a home versus, you know, paying rent and then saving the balance and putting in the stock market, uh, it, it makes sense to me that uh, you should be a very happy renter if, if you're if you're going to move properties every few years. And and I think, you, you know, we, we we tend to think that we're going to buy a home and live in it forever, but but that's not the case. You know, most of us, we start out, yeah. we move in a very small place, we, we stack it up, you know, we get bigger, then we get families. So we buy the big home. And then what happens is at some point, the kids leave. And then you're in a massive home with two or one person, and then you go downscale again. So actually, we end up selling properties a lot over a normal lifetime. Okay, so- but let's let's just look let's look at some of the, some practicalities here, Warren. I, I buy a house and um, I pay a million rand for it in a nice suburb in Johannesburg. Uh, 10 years ago, I had a conversation with Herschel Javits at Javits Properties fairly recently. We were talking about uh, municipal property valuations. And the one thing that keeps going up in terms of valuations is municipal property valuations, because the higher the municipal value is, the greater charges they can levy on you as uh, as a rate payer. Um, but he was saying that, you know, in real terms, property prices have actually not moved in Johannesburg, in large parts of Johannesburg for many years. So the million rand that you agreed to pay for this property 10 years ago is worth a considerably less in terms of what's called the time value of money than it was that it hasn't kept up with inflation so you, the value of your money has depreciated over a time that the asset has not grown in value where you've been incurring the costs of running and maintaining the the, the bottomless pit called a house um and you actually you know the, there are so many calculations that you need to do when it comes to to making an investment of any kind and that is is the real value of the asset that i sell when i'm ready to sell it has it kept up with inflation and certainly Property in South Africa, most property in most parts of South Africa, has not done that. Certainly not for the last decade. It, it hasn't, and 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 I I can um, certainly manage uh, imagine a, a bunch of estate agents right now, you know, you know who who operate in the Western Cape saying no, 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 but hang on, you know, we 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 we've had a great property market here. We're doing fine, uh, and and again, you know that that's. Uh, 
a province and not even the whole province. It's it's segments of that province that that are that are seeing performance. And you know, if you look at Johannesburg in the late '90s, there was also a time when the property prices were booming here as well. And and just you know, for context, that, that doesn't mean what you're saying is is 100. It, it and and so don't forget, you know, we, it's a big country. There'll always be little pockets where where houses do go up, and and we're certainly not saying. All houses everywhere are, are, have gone down over a decade, but but certainly across the, the country, if you took an average, the average is really not n- not good at all, and and it's particularly bad w- when you start looking at the more valuable properties. You know, so 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 you know, a, a property that you know, an apartment, let's say, that costs seven hundred thousand rand, they, they haven't done too badly, Bruce. But you know, the the twenty million rand house, you could probably sell for ten now. You know, and it's it's that that big discrepancy. So averages are hiding. You know some really intricate stories here, but it doesn't change the fact that owning a home, uh, you, you've, you, your your cost of ownership is going up really quickly uh, over and above rates. Uh, there, there are kind of hidden taxes, I'd like to call them, you know, from the municipalities. And I think the Western Cape, uh, you know, they started this, and and now all the other municipalities are following. So, you know, homeowners would tell you if they look at the cost of refuse and sewerage collection and all of those things, those are not big numbers, you know, a decade or, or two decades ago. But if you look at how quickly those have accelerated, they, they've gone up really quickly. Uh, and, and then, you know, the, the home maintenance costs are going up, you know, exorbitantly because, you know, the cost of building materials and, and the like have also gone up through the roof. So, so uh, there's, and, the, there's the other side of this thing. Now, replacement costs of property, Warren, uh, to build versus to buy is another debate altogether. But building costs, you've got to buy the land, you've got to get the property zoned, you've got to get the architect to draw the plan, you've got to get the council to pass the plan, you've got to get the builder to come and build, rebuild and rebuild and rebuild, uh, and then do waterproofing six times, and then you get a house. Um, and I think that at some point, the value of building will become, is, is it may already be higher than buying. You get exactly what you want. But again, you're in the the trap of home ownership. In a moment, let's talk about the risks and the benefits of renting. We'd be focusing on buying. And right now, I never want to own another house again. But let's see whether or not I want to rent anything again. You've got to live somewhere. So let's talk rentals in a moment with Warren. The Money Show. Personal finance with Warren Ingram. What did our parents tell us? Rent is money down the drain. You need to own your house. You need to own your future. You can't be relying on the vagaries of a landlord, a landlord who could evict you at a moment's notice, a landlord that may not upgrade the property, may not look after maintenance, a landlord that when you do move out one day starts charging you for hanging pictures and because there was a hole in the wall you get charged, uh, uh, you you lose your deposit. Landlords are evil, we're told. So why would you ever rent? Warren, make the case for renting. Well, well, I think the, there there are a couple of um, big assumptions there which we need to challenge as well. But 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 making the case for for renting, uh, but one thing you need to know is that you, you, you're simply paying a fixed amount. There there are no surprises that come w- w- with renting a property. So you, you're not responsible for the property taxes. You're not responsible for maintenance. You're not responsible for anything except the things you consume and the rent. And things you would consume would generally be water and electricity. Uh, and and then your rent and and so your fixed costs are are known and you can deal with them and and the ones that aren't known if for example electricity those are things that that you can control by you know you well escom's controlling it for you now you can't use it anyway but but in normal course of business you you can control how much electricity you use so 
So the, the nice thing about that is when you start renting, typically the, the cost of renting versus the cost of owning the exact same property, the rental is is significantly lower. And and there the trick is when you then rent a property and you need to say, well, I would have been paying an extra 3,000 or 8,000 rand a month for owning this property. That money I need to set aside and save and invest for the long term. So so don't just spend that that kind of gap between the, the cost of your accommodation as a renter versus the cost of your accommodation as an owner because that's a big number that you need to put into this whole calculation is you need to actually keep saving and keep investing but the the, the reality then is that when you get onto this property ladder where you start you know you know wanting a bigger place you know that's a relatively easy thing to do you you go to the landlord at the end of your lease and you you negotiate your exit you know stick to the agreement and move on there 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 should be no other costs and and you carry on scaling up the property as life goes and scaling down uh, you know at another stage of life and if you happen to be you know in the on the immigration you know train where you're saying well it's, it's time for me to move provinces you you simply end your lease um, when it's due and and you move you're not stuck in a position where you've got a house that's you know worth less than you paid for it 15 years ago which is the case for a lot of people in Johannesburg you you, you simply pack up and go and and so I think if you are if you are reasonably flexible in your in your schedule in terms of you know you you might want to move a bit more regularly than most then then there is no downside as far as I'm concerned to renting. Th- those assumptions that people make around bad landlords clearly they are bad landlords. They're, you know that, that that's a, a, a reality. I, I think it's a a, a, a kind of a false assumption for a lot of people to say that you know I don't want to rent because the landlord's going to move me. The, the truth is you need to do some due diligence on your landlord. I, I always find you know have a conversation with the landlord before you sign the lease uh, and find out how many other properties the landlord has. How, how much experience has the landlord got with with, uh, with with renting out properties to tenants? Because if a landlord's got you know, three, five, ten properties. What they really want is a tenant to move in and stay there for the next ten years. And so, what they will do is they will make sure that that between the two of you, you, you are both happy for as long as possible. Yeah. And 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 so, forming a good relationship with a solid landlord is really important. You know, if you don't do the due diligence on the landlord, and it's somebody who has you know just simply got one rental property and actually probably moved out because they're in financial distress, then they're the person that's not going to do the maintenance for you, etc. And then your nightmare does start. And and I agree, then you've got the issue. But using the 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 the, the threat of a landlord moving you, I, I mean, understand okay. landlords want tenants for long periods of time, the good ones, and and that's what you've got to do is find the right property with the right landlord. I mean, I had a fantastic relationship with my landlord and I'm, I only moved out because we had to buy the house because, you know, the happy wife story. No, exactly. You, you were told. You were instructed. It, it wasn't didn't come down to a financial decision at that point. Um, it, it was a case of we want a garden. We get to plant flowers and I want to plant the flowers. I want to plant and they're my flowers and my bushes. And, and that's why you did it. And uh, that's also a very good reason, frankly, um, uh, to, to make that decision. A, a lifestyle choice is a good, it can also be a good choice, provided you don't overinvest, overcapitalize and get trapped in a property over the long term. Um, the argument on rental, though, in terms of rental versus buying, the idea that buying a property is a forced saving. And 
I, I like this idea for many people because you, you know, if you're renting, you'd better be bloody investing on the sidelines because you're going to have no asset to sell one day if you've been renting and living the high life and spending your weekends you know, in five-star hotels and all that sort of stuff. If you're not disciplined on the investment front, this is the time where I would encourage people to buy a home because it forces you, for better or for worse, to at least have an asset of value that you can flog one day. You, you hope Comment. you can flog one day. I think you. I think you make a great point. Actually, I, I agree with you hundred uh, percent. People that know themselves well enough to know that they are going to just blow the money that they've got left in their bank account every month, uh, you, you know, then th those are the ones that if they're not drowning in debt at the time, you, you know, then, you know, t take that cash flow, commit it to an asset. You hope, you know, over the next decade that, uh, you know, your property at least maintains value with inflation. And as you say, Bruce, you, you, you know, you, you've got an asset, uh, you know, to your name and, and, you know, if it's slightly bigger than what you needed, maybe one day when you retire, you can, you know, scale down and you've got, you've got a, a, a an investment asset that you can then use to realize some of that money to, to live and some, you know, that, uh, to, to kind of provide an income. So, so I think for people that know themselves, it, it is a great point that that is the time, but you would encourage them to, to buy as long as they're disciplined enough to pay off the mortgage, you know, every single month. No, I think, and uh, yeah, on that basis, I mean, the idea, the, the costs of running your own home are extraordinarily high and they're not going to go down ever. Um, the cost of rental, of course, you don't have as much control, but you do have some certainty on what your monthly costs will be. But then you better be flipping disciplined and make sure that you've got <laughs> good investments happening on the side of that arrangement and also don't rent you know, like you shouldn't buy up to the max you shouldn't be renting up to the max you need to make sure that you've got financial flexibility um and that you you do the best deal for yourself and your family warren ingram um we, we haven't got uh, got to the question that uh Tabiso sent to us this evening but i just thought this property story was too important um please hold over to this uh, Tabiso's question because we, i do want to get to it next week it's really about buying cars and i think actually looking at Tabiso's question it's a whole topic all of its own in terms of actually how to choose how much money to spend on a car because I think that is a valuable conversation. Let's do that next week. Warren Ingram at Galileo Capital. Thank you.